0: Compliance is a profession where people work tirelessly to make the world a better place. And there are hundreds of amazing and inspiring women who have helped the field develop into what it is today. Great Women in Compliance is part of the Compliance Podcast Network. So join Mary Shirley and Lisa Fine as they talk with women in compliance who are making a difference. Hi, you're listening to the Great Women in Compliance Podcast with Lisa Fine and Mary Shirley. We are wishing you a happy new year. And this is our first podcast of 2021. We are really excited to start out with one of our conversations. That's an informal one with some questions from what we're calling an Ask Us Anything. Um, and I am just always looking forward to and enjoying the opportunity to get to speak with Mary about all of my favorite topics, um, ethics and compliance, because I don't know about you all, but for me during the holiday season, it wasn't the first topic amongst my family and friends, although probably should have been. So with that... Um, we're going to get started with our first ask, ask Us Anything, and we are so excited for everything that's coming up in 2021. We have great guests, we have some discussions, and we hope that you all are as energized as we are. So with that, Mary, I think I'm ready to get started. Um, do you want me to ask the first question? Certainly. Thanks, Lisa. Sure. Um, here's one for you as somebody who's not born in the United States, but do you think the change in administration in the U.S. will change compliance enforcement? And if so, how?
1: Wow, that's a really hard one. Um, I I think I'm about as equally qualified to answer that as um, who I think will be playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, The only answer I would have for that would be not the Bengals. Um, You know, I think there will be some changes. Um, I'm anticipating that overall things will still keep ticking along. We'll see enforcement action. Uh, We'll continue to see guidance coming out to help us um, advance our compliance programs and understand the government priorities more. Um, but overall, I'm not expecting too much. However, you can all take that with a grain of salt, given that uh, I am not super qualified to answer that question. So maybe it's just interesting from an outsider perspective. What
0: well, I think you, it Monica? is. Yeah, I think it is interesting from an outsider perspective. I also I also think that there is a team called the Buffalo Bills that does have a chance of winning the Super Bowl. So Mary, <laughs> in, in honor of the podcast, you can keep that in mind. Uh, but with that said, I think that there will be some increased enforcement against organizations. I know there's been a lot of big dollar, you know, some big dollar ones and some international ones. I think there's gonna be some more consistent con- enforcement and I think there's going to be a focus, um, although I don't think it's gonna be the primary focus right away, given all of the different tasks that the new administration will be working on from a COVID standpoint and a health and safety standpoint and other things. But I do think that there will be a focus on what could have been issues that arise out of the you know, the COVID situation and others where people may have taken advantage of, mm. um, of systems and, pro, you know, and programs. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. my take on it, so.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, another question that we've got is, uh, you've often mentioned having different working styles to each other. What is the key to working well as a team on GWIC in those circumstances?
0: You know, I think for me, one of the things is that we're allowed to make it complement one another because we do do a fair amount on our own. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that the key, one of the biggest keys is to understand that the different styles and what helps you um, to to get the results that you would like to get and what you're working on and to not think that somehow when my style is different, that somehow it's letting us down as a team. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and also I think that what also is key is that I learn from you. You know, I Mm -hmm. I learn about some of the, the different things or different approaches, which I think is tremendously helpful. So that for me is the big, you know, the two things that I think really help us.
1: Yeah, I I would tend to agree with that. And uh, from my perspective, um, one of them is always assuming good intent. And I think when you're choosing colleagues that you work with as in our circumstance versus in your more conventional workplace where you might be in an office in a compliance function, it's a lot harder to assume good intent. Um, I've had a situation where Um, A coach said to me after I explained a certain situation, wow, they're gaslighting you. Um, And in that situation, it's really hard to assume good intent. But with you, because, you know, you're a friend as well as a colleague, it's so much easier to be like, hmm, um, we seem to be thinking along different lines for this. But I so know that it's not personal or, you know, anything that's um, motivated by negative Um, intent. So uh, assuming good intent and thinking, okay, I'm seeing this from my perspective, how, how might Lisa be seeing it? And then I can just ask, I'm like, dude, from, from what I'm, where I'm sitting. This is how I'm perceiving the situation. But why don't you tell me what what it's like from your armchair perspective? Because I don't know sometimes, unless I hear it from you. And what I've found has been really interesting is that sometimes um, you've shared thoughts just in passing conversation. And I've gone, you know, probably a year back in time and gone, oh, that totally makes sense. <laughs> you know, why she was thinking a certain way for, Uh, this, you know, this work stream that we were working on together. And so um, I guess that's uh, communication really um, at the the forefront of things. So um, for me, uh, assuming good intent and um, keeping up communication, remembering that you can always ask if you're not sure instead of
0: assuming. Yeah, I absolutely think that that I agree. And the same thing with you. You'll say something to me and I'll think that makes complete sense. And it will actually sometimes change how I analyze things and, and I learn from it. And I think, I mean, it's never occurred to me when we work together that there's ever not been positive mm-hmm. intent. And I think that yeah. I, I try to replicate that in other work relationships sometimes too. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's you know, I, I, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's really great. Now moving along to this change in year, what is one lesson idea or lesson that you will take from 2020 into 2021? And what is one thing that you will plan to leave behind? Mm.
1: I think for um, me, it's the idea of a more flexible work day. Um, there have been certain situations when you're home and you, I, I think on a normal work from home day pre COVID, you always had a feeling like you had to be constantly available, um, you know, during sort of the nine to five type hours. And I think now there's been a lot more understanding that in these pressure circumstances, people may have other things to tend to um, or, you know, there are limited hours to get errands done otherwise. And so as long as everyone's getting their work done, um, hopefully the the non-micromanagers out there are um, showing good leadership in terms of trusting their teams. So for me, I think pulling away from that idea that everything needs to be exactly... Um, nine to five, in terms of being available at a moment's notice, kind of thing. Um, and I think one of the things that I've tried to leave behind, and I, I tried doing this at the end of um, last year, was um, working more on n- not, you know, not saying yes to everything and um, just kind of burning out. Um, But of course, two nanoseconds after I decided I was going to do that, there was the great flood of 2020 in my apartment, which meant that my life was turned upside down and sort of more (laughs) stressful and burned out than usual. So um, that's one of the things that I personally will be working on. And it might sound counterintuitive because it's like, (laughs) you know, just do nothing for a bit or slow down but actually slowing down can take some reprogramming. And part of what my struggle has been is that I'm kind of preachy about things like, you know, service to others and the community. And I'd hate for there to be a situation where I say I'm unable to help in a certain circumstance. And then that person is like, well, you're a giant hypocrite, Mary, because you're always talking about how um, we need to send the elevator back down and pay it forward. And yet I've asked you for help and, you know, you're – you're saying that you you know, don't have any capacity right now, so that part for me is um, a bit of a struggle, and it's it's prohibited me from doing what I committed to, which was trying to to pull back a bit on doing so much. Um, so that's something that I'm I'm working on right now. What about you, Lisa? Well,
0: I think that one thing that I am going to take from twenty to twenty one is similar to you is this idea of you know. As long as you're getting your work done, and others to make sure that we we you know you, that I that I do that. I think that for me, um, I also am uh, planning to certain re-engage in some things that I have not been as engaged in in the last quarter of 2021 um, between between certain work obligations, and I had moved and some other things that were happening. There were a lot of things I wanted to do and I did what you said was 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 saying no. So my thing is, okay, now I'm energized and I I can do this well. Um, and again, mm-hmm. I think the same thing you were just saying about being, you know, feeling a little bit like, I always feel like I'm not doing enough. Um, mm-hmm. And in a way, I sort of ex- accepted that at the end of last year, because I was like, I'm not doing enough, but I, I it's been such a year, you know, the COVID and, and living in Washington, there've been constant, you know, different, you know, just, you know, the protests or just demonstrations or other things. It's just so now I'm also trying to leave behind the idea of, you know, beating myself up for that. Um mm. but what I am going to take into 2021 is is really prioritizing and thinking, okay, these are the things over the last few months that are really important to me. And I really want to to, to focus on some some different extracurriculars that are related to ethics and compliance that I feel like I didn't do enough last year, but I guess I should re-say that in that this year has opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it's important to focus on different things at different times. And that is the other part of taking it into 2020, excuse me, 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that those are the things that I'm you know really trying to do. But I think that 2020 was a really, really tough year for us all. So um, mm. that's where it comes down to. So I think that we're all still, a lot of us are figuring out how to regroup right now.
1: I think on that point, um, the next question is related. How do you see management and leadership and compliance changing over the course of 2021?
0: Yeah, I think it's still going to be on a similar trajectory as it was in 2020, um, that because of what you said about the flexibility, but I also think that we've had new priorities you know, we have different things that have changed. So I see, and in the U.S., back to having a new administration, I think management and leadership just continues to adapt to this ethical decision making model. Um, mm-hmm. Things that we've had guests talk about, you know, the idea of you know uh, giving voice to values or things like that. We, I think, we're continuing to evolve into that type of a profession as opposed to the sheriff profession. And I think mm-hmm. that the situation that we're in right now with people who are fortunate enough to keep their jobs and work from home, it's a whole different way. There is a different way of working. Um, So I think managing that and being a leader that can, um, you know, inspire and help your teams as these circumstances change and continue to change when there is a return to work um, Mm. is a huge part of it. And I also think that from the, you know, the substantive standpoint, continuing this evolution into the, the, we are the ethical decision makers and the do the right thing people will just keep keep going that way.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. Um, If I'm permitted to toot my own horn for a moment, um, I was quoted in the Wall Street Journal last year saying that we're almost becoming the moral guardians of uh, companies now. And so I think that's along a very similar vein to what you're thinking. We're seeing this shift very much from areas where we may traditionally have thrown certain subject matters to HR um, but now compliance is doing more of acceptance of um, reputational risk which often encompasses um, people and culture aspects and compliance is now taking that as a portfolio as well so I'm um, completely aligned with you on that one. I think another aspect that's going to be challenging for management is that um, during the the crisis and and, and how I would consider it is that something that I saw um, which defined this well and and just to paraphrase is you are not working from home. You are at home working during a global health crisis. Uh, And during that time, I think we gave, you know, we cut ourselves a lot of slack for aspects of, not necessarily being able to keep up team bonding, team building, uh, team morale, I think everyone was reacting and doing the absolute best that they could in those circumstances. However, looking more to the long term now, we've got to consider ourselves in an environment where um, we're probably not going to be in the office five days a week, I think, especially for compliance officers. Um, where companies are going to allow us to work from home a greater proportion than before. I think compliance lends itself really well to being able to work from home for some of the work that we do do. And so for managers, it's going to be about this shifting paradigm in terms of presence in the office and how that might be affecting team morale and team building. And related to that, I think we're going to start seeing more geography agnostic or remote positions. So where once you might have had the majority of a compliance department or at least the base for the team at the company or regional headquarters, um, we might be more geographically dispersed, which of course has some benefits, but it also can present some challenges in terms of uh, building a cohesive team.
0: That, that makes sense. I, it'll be interesting to see, I think, what direction that goes. Because uh, mm. I think for some companies there's going to be a higher comfort level, and then for some organizations mm-hmm. they'll be there. We need everyone back in one place. It's been too
1: long. And I think what'll be really interesting about that will become is—is is that then going to be a marker? Of what could become a desirable workplace, right? Because employees are going to be are going to want to be aligned with companies that are thinking along the same lines as them. So if you find yourself in a situation where you and the company you work for now have differing views as to what's appropriate for in-office presence, um, that could signal a shift um, in terms of turnover, not just in compliance, but I think across the board.
0: Yeah. And I'll say one other thing about that. The interesting part is I think we traditionally think people who may want to be working from home more frequently, there's Mm -hmm. going to be the other side of it. Organizations who think they need less office space and some people, given their situation and circumstance at home, they say, I need Mm -hmm. offices. So it's going to be interesting in a lot of ways. So with that, I'm going to change it over a little bit to, since we're now at, at two years into the podcast. So what is the biggest challenge? I'm just so interested. Uh, this, this, full disclosure, was a Lisa question for Mary. Um, <laughs> two years in, what is the biggest challenge you have with doing the podcast?
1: Um, so I think, and this isn't really a huge problem as I see it, but one of the things that I found difficult to predict is what uh, topics might be particularly of interest to our audience And it can be surprising. Sometimes I think something is going to be, you know, very well received and maybe there's not as much engagement about that particular topic than others. So this certainly isn't um, a a huge deal breaker type negative, but it's something that I have found uh, difficult to anticipate and plan for. And so with that, what I would say is if you have specific feedback for us about anything that you particularly would be looking for in terms of what you'd like to see, um, please don't hesitate to reach out because um, Lisa and I are still learning. And um, the, the patterns and the data, when we do have an opportunity to look at it, doesn't always um, come with the rationale as to why figures are a certain way. So if you're able to help us out with that and then better target our episodes and our topics... Uh, that would be much appreciated. What about you, Lisa?
0: Well, I think that, you know, for me keeping it fresh and interesting, um, making Mm -hmm. sure that it's, you know, that that what we have is a good, you know, continuing um, our commitment to diversity in many, many different ways, which Mm -hmm. is not that hard given our community as a whole, but making sure that we're really giving, I mean, I I, I really want to have, you know, help targeting and I want to learn from from our audience you know what everyone wants to listen to and then also at the same time balance things we you know we or others in the community think need to be heard and mm-hmm. to, to, so I mean for me it's to keep it something that is interesting within the things that I think are make our this podcast unique is that we get to learn about women's experiences many different people. And things that people are passionate about. And those are two things mm-hmm. that I, I really, really love about it. But I want but again, making sure we still keep that fresh and interesting and that you know we're providing that value. I always find to be, you know, a little bit of a, a challenge to to do it to do it right. The other one that's always the hardest for me is how far in advance do you record? Because I want to give it enough time. But also some of the things are so topical that if you do Mm. it too far in advance, you might miss things. Those are my, Mm. those are kind of my bigger ones. This next question
1: I really love. um, And it's, what are your favorite traits that you admire in each other?
0: Um, Well, first of all, I, you know, at a completely 100% professional level, this is not how much, you know, how awesome you are as a person, but your organization is (laughs) something to be, Admired and inspired by, because wow, Mary's. I mean, you know, I, I'll be, I'll think I'm ahead of the game on certain things, and then she's like, "Well, this is what's happening in March." Okay, um, so it completely prevents your your organization. I mean, I think on the other one is sort of your passion and commitment to you know doing the right thing and you know sending the elevator back down, and you know you're always willing to stretch and challenge. So and use your excitement and passion about this to, to, to do that. And that's probably, you know, two of my favorite things and also your excellent taste in restaurants and fun places to hang out. But, um, you know, those the, the, the first two are the ones that I think are what are most impactful to me as a, uh, you know, a partner in compliance.
1: Mm, thank you for that. Um, the first one that comes uh, to mind for me is that sometimes you are just so funny and, you know, we can be doing talking about a really serious topic and you just come out with a little line that cracks me up. And um, I, I think that's a, a, a trait to be admired in all compliance offices. I think it really helps with the relatability and humanness um, of that crafting. So I so appreciate that you're fun to work with. And another aspect is that you're really thoughtful about things. So unlike me, um, you you tend not to dive in without thinking about the bigger picture first um and so what that means is is that sometimes when there's something that I've got in mind oftentimes it's really hard to derail me from from once I've got an idea and I think oh this is fantastic this is this is this is my way forward um and you are someone who you, when you have a, a a really intelligent idea it completely stops me in my tracks and I you know, a lot of the time I'm forced to go, dang, that's actually way better than what I was thinking. Um, And so uh, not everyone derails me in such a positive way. And I think um, you have some really fantastic ideas or ways of looking at things that I never would have seen without you. And it leads us, obviously, to a better product. And I guess that's the whole point of why diversity um, is scientifically proven to make for stronger teams. Um, but I really like your intelligence and thoughtfulness um, when it, it it creates well, I mean, I mean always, but in in terms of the the positive effect that it has, um, means that we we create a higher quality product. And so those would be uh, two of two of my faves about you.
0: Well, thanks. I will take both of them, but I will say that becomes a lot easier because you usually come up with a very thoughtful, detailed idea and you've gone so far ahead. If you think about this or that, it's almost like editing. It's a lot easier sometimes to edit. I appreciate that a ton. Um, And then we have... uh, you know, are there any personal or professional New Year's resolutions that you want to share? So I um, typically am not a big New Year's
1: resolution type person. I like to hustle and create goals all throughout the year. And I know that New Year's and obviously performance review evaluations can be an excellent time that, that are dedicated. Um, but I like to create goals all throughout the year and and strive for them and keep thinking about what's going to be new and different that I can work on. So Nothing specific um, apart from the um, redo of the um, trying not to get burned out and being better about committing where I can, um, but also being brave about
0: saying no where I can't. Yeah, I think that's great. I think I was talking about some similar things earlier about things leaving behind. I think that's pretty similar. So I don't know if I have as much to add to that one, But it is the same type of thing um, that, you know, how do I, you know, be most efficient and, you know, where do I build? But I think that I I don't, I mean, I I also don't have the specific one. I would, you know, like to get a little more regimented with some parts of my schedule that kind of fell apart in December, but that's pretty much like (laughs) most most of the world. So, (laughs) yeah, so. That that one, yeah. I mean, I, I think we covered that a little bit earlier too, when we were talking about what we're leaving behind and what we're trying to True. do. So it's
1: a learning curve you anticipate being on in twenty twenty one, and how do you plan to navigate it?
0: I mean, I think there are, are a couple, There are two that come to mind um, for me. One is one of the things that I think we all are challenged with. But I mean, I, I I'm at a point where sometimes when I I'm caught in the weeds, when I need to think more strategically. So mm-hmm. I'm really working hard to work on my strategic thinking as opposed to the, you know, the 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 um, you know, the, the person who reaches out the most with the problems. Like, so I have to, you know, so that is one of the learning curves that's constant for me is mm-hmm. to be thinking more about the program as a whole, as opposed to being, you know, the helper all the time, which I want to be, but that doesn't always need to be me. But I, mm-hmm. I kind of have, that's one of my, you know, one of the two, and the other one is I want to improve and I'm, I guess this will keep me honest on it. I you know in terms of like LinkedIn or other things, I'm I could be a better contributor, Um, and I sometimes find it to be a lot when I see all the things Mm. out there that I want to read and do and things like that. So I am going to focus a little bit more on trying to be more responsive, um, while at the same time, like for you, it's not our full time job. So mm. things like that, I, I really want to have a very thought have a thoughtful social media presence. I mean, I think I do, but I really want to improve that in a way that's valuable to me and to you know the community out there. So I haven't quite figured that one out right away. So, but that is those are kind of the couple things for me. But what about you? Um, I think
1: uh, this is a, as you know, a place where I, I I come from place of weakness when it's a situation where I. I am not going to be well prepared for it. And for me, that would be because of the the pandemic situation being unprecedented. It's a lot harder to anticipate the types of issues that we might come up against in 2021. So I think what I'm going to um, have to work quite a lot on is not feeling flustered when new issues arise. um, And then also reaching out to the community and learning from others. So, for example, Matt Kelly, who is a friend of GWIC, um, he published an article uh, today, which is on our day of recording, um, which is five um, concerns for compliance officers to think about. And um, COVID's in there. Um, The recent um, security breach... Um, by Team Russia um, is in there as well. So um, remembering that I'm not alone, I'm not the only one trying to sort out how to muddle through um, coming out of the crisis, uh, I think is going to be the best way. So working together as part of our wider team um, on, on the issues that may arise.
0: Mary, you've got me on the breaking news for today, but everybody, if you haven't read Radical Compliance yet, please go ahead for, you know, on this and everything else, plug for one of the great men in compliance that we have out there. Um, so, and I guess with that, we have one last question um, for that um, actually originally came during our book launch, um, hmm. and I'm going to kind of paraphrase it. But it's um, when it comes to, and here it goes, kind of paraphrasing, but when it comes to pioneering and overcoming obstacles, sometimes members of marginalized communities find themselves you know, hyper aware of personal perception of both themselves and the community they represent. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes it feels like you know it's hard enough when you fail, um, that's how I understand it, but then you also con- are concerned about how that impacts other members of your, your community mm-hmm. or you know, colleagues. So you know, the question to us was, you know, how do we navigate through failures or things to improve while keeping our own perspective, not beating ourselves up too much, and helping you know hold the door open for others.
1: Mm. So I, I guess I wear two um, two major minority hats. Um, one is being someone who's um, ethnically Hong Kong Chinese as part of my makeup um, and coming from New Zealand is is the other. And so I I fully related to this particular question and it resonated with me because it's it's exactly true. Whenever someone speaks kindly about, so a, a typical response that I get when I say I'm from New Zealand is people say, oh, every New Zealander I've always met is so friendly. Um, and it makes me beam with pride, even though I don't have anything to do with that, because I'm meeting this person for the first time, so that um, doesn't really reflect on me, and yet I feel it does, because I relate to to that group. And the other um is when um, Hong Kong, uh, does really well Um, and of course on the flip side is um, you always get sad when someone flies the country um, flies the flag for your group and they do something undesirable and you go darn it (laughs) you know that that sets us back you know five years in a certain area or whatever it is um, and so, for, for me, I'm very aware of Thanks the fact. Thanks for joining that, us for this episode um, as, uh, of Great Women in Compliance. A foreign worker we in a different country. In the oftentimes, women in the um, field I could be uh, someone only exposure a to a New Zealander um, or to someone with um, Hong Kong Chinese heritage. And so, um, keeping that in mind, I always want to represent those groups well, but of course, uh, I am not perfect. And so in times where I am not satisfied with my behavior or my, um, quality of work product in any way, um, I, I try to keep being humble, um, self-aware and, um, and, and talk about those things um, because we, we we simply cannot be perfect all the time. And I truly think that when you um, share with someone um, your deficiencies or you admit to certain mistakes, that vulnerability um, in and many times it can make up for the the mistake that you've made or the the negative action that has occurred. And so. For me, it's about um, being open to the fact that I may not get it right every time, or that I may not say the right thing every time, and um, hoping that people will accept um,
0: my commitment to do better. What about you, Lisa? Um, I think for me, it is a little different. Being, you know, a white woman in the U.S., so the minority feeling is a little bit different. I mean, I am Jewish, but I, I, I think, I think. I try to focus on myself as an individual and I work very hard, I think on my own attempt to avoid implicit bias or other biases, but I also think that treating every person as sort of their own, you know, their own individual and trying to avoid that, you know, stereotypes or concerns um, because somebody, all hard workers feel bad enough when you do something wrong, I can tell you the things I wasn't crazy about from the last quarter of 2020 and maybe earlier, Um, but you don't want to, I mean, but I mean that reflects on the professionalism of the individual. Um, And I think that it's really important for all of us to always keep that in mind um, and, and to basically train the others around us to work that way. Um, So I would advise, you know, try not to reflect on, you know, your otherness. And as, as Steph Davis said years ago, you know, everybody feels like they're the only something in a room um,
1: mm-hmm. very
0: often. But I think as leaders and um, managers, our goal is to, to sort of celebrate that and not look at it as the minuses, but to try to look at the positives of it. And the fact that, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. going to make a mistake no matter who they are. And if, you, if you're listening to this and think I don't make mistakes, guess what? That's still a mistake. <laughs> so... <laughs> i mean just to you know to think about to think about that and to really constantly look at and challenge all your different perceptions and and challenge perceptions of you of, of yourself as well because i think all of us i mean everybody feels something about them is different but that doesn't take away from the significance of marginalized communities and the level of pressure and the issues that come with that i think it's just important for us as leaders to to do what we can to you know learn our own strengths and weaknesses and, and keep emphasizing. And on the flip side, also to 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 help others and you know for diversity and inclusion and, and to remove barriers wherever we can. And these sorts of concerns are one of them. Mm. So that's my take on it. Super it's a great question. Well, I could talk about it for hours. So <laughs>
1: That concludes our Ask Us Anything Take Two episode. We um, And Thank you very much for the submissions that you put in um, and all of the support that we receive from our audience. Thank you. Um, it's a new year, and with that, Lisa and I are excited to debut our new cover art for this episode. So we have a fresh new look uh and um we're excited to hear what you think and we have as lisa mentioned some really exciting plans for the year ahead however i would say um you influence those plans so if there's anything that you'd like to see hi rocky um please don't hesitate to get in touch with us and we look forward to um many more fantastic episodes with you uh in 2021 happy new year